What should you stop doing then? Podcasting. None of them. <laughs> Thesis. <laughs> Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations Episode 64, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On today's podcast, we ask a very, very, very important question, and then we don't really quite fully or completely answer it, but we sure do try. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, the mathematical podcast that comes to you from Las Vegas, at least for a little while longer. I don't know how much longer it will come to you from Las Vegas as... I should actually be graduating. <coughs> Maybe. I should actually be graduating. I did not say I am. I said I should. And that interrupting fucktwit that just popped in there is Brandon the fucktwit Mets. I like that. You know what? That's got a ring to it. It's actually hyphenated. Fuck dash twit. <laughs> it's, it's new. It's new. I don't get and many new insults. That's, that's Sean Cockeater Breckling. I like that one, too. That one I like even more than mine. Like- I, I'm really angry today. I have a huge amount of anger. There's too much shit going on right now, and I'm really going to take it out on people. It's because we oh. celebrated Pi Day instead of Tau Day. I, you know what? I, didn't, I did not, I you did didn't not wait, protest. You didn't protest. Like you said I you wanted to, to, but I figured they're already doing Pi Day how many days late? Like 11 days late at yeah, this it's point? Like- That's it's useless. Like, I, I didn't care. I did not actually take part other than to stand in the back and heckle everyone who was doing anything. But hey, they free pie, nice, I am always down with. They had a nice limerick excuse, though. It was like, pie day approximated to the next Friday after the spring break. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it just so happened that spring break fell on a horrible time for us for it. We, on a fantastic time. I celebrated yeah. pie day in Hawaii. I'm really not going to celebrate pie day until 2015. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to celebrate Tau Day. I celebrate uh, on the 28th of June when I can eat two pie. Mm. I celebrate <laughs> pie hour twice a day. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, you're, by sleeping. Pie 14 in 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You celebrate it by sleeping and no. then by being I wake in up, algebra. I set, my, I set my alarm to wake me up at 312 so I can be totally awake and ready to go. That's no, why I'm always don't. so tired in the morning. No. You know what? I'm going to do it just, in, just to spite you. I'm you just said it. that you have been doing it. Now you're saying that you're going to do it. So you're a liar. Thank you. Well, what else did we learn? I mean, come Sean on. Sean <laughs> picking out logical fallacies, Breckling. Picking out the obvious. Okay. <laughs> of course I lie. So <laughs> uh, we've, we've been off for a few weeks. There was spring break. There was everyone other than me being a dumbass and refusing to record. Except for Sean. Sean was actually perfectly willing to record. I could not get even a third. I said I would record. I just got busy. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, he admittedly said he would and then didn't. I know. I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, and so what do I care. It's you. So one thing that we said next time we record is that we were finally going to have the I listen and I hate you prize drawing. Yes. And so it turns out that that since we first put this out, we've had 12 people. Seriously, we get hun- like well over 100 downloads for every episode. 12 of you fuckers 
actually took it upon yourselves to email in an email that said, I listen and I hate you. I mean, come on, people. I know there's a lot more you listen and please, please do this. Well, uh, tell them how much there's you There's a lot, lot more. Because I know you all the, do. A lot more of the people are listening. Let's, let's be realistic uh, about this. But all of them hate me. This is true. This no, is say, let's be true. realistic. Is it more likely that a lot of people listen or a few people download 10 times? What would be the point of downloading <laughs> 10 times anyways? I'm just saying, which one's more likely? <laughs> uh, a lot of people download. Okay. I, I will not say whether or not would, I believe that a lot of people listen, whatever you need but to, a lot of people tell download. <laughs> yeah, why would someone download it 10 times? That doesn't make any sense. Why not? I'm saying a lot of people download. I'm not saying that all of them listen to it. Well, there's a lot of people in Texas, and I don't really believe that. So it could I be, can show you the actual downloads. That's just like <laughs> five people in Texas downloading a whole lot of times. <laughs> because you know, they, seems like uh, so, the, I don't the whole state of Texas wants to fuck with me. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> to be like, honest, yes. that would be hilarious. That, that, if is, they did. that is only that is a non-invertible function, okay. by the way. And so here's what <laughs> help we're us do. prove Sean wrong, and everyone in Texas <laughs> email us so we can get more than five people. Yeah, All right? I so want that we more prove than five wrong. people from Texas to email in and say <laughs> that you listen to the show. Yeah, and I need a and picture of you standing names, in front of the "Welcome to Texas" sign I want at five the border different pictures. anywhere in the state. You know, I you know, most <laughs> people live like ten hours from the border. I want it, I want that shit notarized too. All right. <laughs> Okay, so what, what I, I you know what? Shut show. the fuck up, people. <laughs> okay, so what I have is I have the list of the twelve people who have emailed in, and I'm going to put into Wolfram Alpha random integer one to twelve. And so the first person who emailed me is number one. The most recent person who emailed me is number twelve, and so on uh, chronologically. And so whichever thing Wolfram Alpha spits out, which is always correct. Yeah, because it's Alpha. That is the person who is going to win the prize. The prize of which is five taco bucks for Taco Bell. Because Brandon Metz loves Taco Bell. You're talking so about yourself that. in the third person. This you is true. Said me. Uh, and the signed picture of the guests of combinations and permutations stomping on me while which, I'm laying down in the street. Which I must admit is more than is infinitely greater than Taco Bell dollars. Yeah. Okay. So you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Shall let's we do this? this? Okay. Pop Alpha up. Uh, yeah. So I got it on my phone. Alpha Alpha <laughs> is up and running. We're going to use my MacBook Air for this. Thank you very much. Product placement. Well, yeah, product placement. Product I get a lot yeah. of money from Apple to talk about my iPhone 4, my iPad 2. God, he's such my a... My MacBook Air. I found a new word to totally describe, <laughs> Sam. Yeah, but let's, perfect... let's, let's, let's talk about it in a second. Let's do this. Okay, so it's typed in. So can I get some sort of uh, drum roll or dumb noise or something? Well, that was the dumb noise. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yeah. the number is an eight. And that means that it is Leonard. I fan of the show, Leonard, who has uh, emailed me multiple times, I believe. Leonard or Leonard? Leonard. Leonard. L-E-N-N-A-R-T. Leonard. So after you uh, listen to this show, I need you to email me. That's Samuel at AcmeScience.com. I'm pretty sure you already know that. Uh, and oh, gosh. Uh, send me send me your address, and then we will get everything together, and we will send you an actual snail mail thing uh, with your prizes in it. And congratulations, uh, and pr- thanks for hating me. The prizes might, you know, get better over time. Yeah, and it might take a while for us to do this. <laughs> by, yeah. by the time it actually gets to you. Like the <laughs> well, dog, well, I'm sure the taco, stomping on Sam no, will happen quite soon. Actually, taco so. Bucks inflation. <laughs> 
So it's going to end he up. He won't even be able to buy one nacho <laughs> chip. No, it'll be the other way around. Like he'll oh, be we're going to have deflation. Yeah, de- there we go. Yeah, Taco, Taco Bucks deflation. He's going to be able to feed himself <laughs> for a year and a half. <laughs> Five bucks. After Taco Bell stock drops through the, the American, floor. Okay. I thought the American dollar was going down. Well, I thought the, <laughs> the percentage of beef in Taco Bell tacos <laughs> was down. Okay, so uh, <laughs> shall we now actually get into the uh, topic of discussion? Because every week we, we take some sort of mathematical topic and then we discuss it. I sort guess of. so. <laughs> yeah, sort of. I, still like, uh, I much prefer the stomping. Uh, well, you get to do that after the show. Could we send them a recording of the... No, because oh. you're not actually going to fucking stomp me. Really? Well, then, yeah, I was well, under the impression. Dr- wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was under the impression that there would be stomping going on. I had a certificate of authenticity drawn up. Yeah, that you this, can't. Your give head a, was actually. You stomped. can't give him the true. You can't give him the the, the Sean Breckling true true fact approval. Yeah, the truth. Without it. <laughs> okay. Without okay. There will, there will be real stomping, but we have to wait until we can get everyone together, so we can't actually do the real stomping yet. I will organize uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Trust me. So you got to get everyone together. Okay, and so. Uh, this topic, I meant I really wanted to record this a few weeks ago um, on Math Maths, which is a project with it's the podcast that I do with uh, Peter Rowlett um, over from Nottingham in the UK. Uh, we had on a few episodes ago a special guest whose name was uh, Ruby Childs. And she's in the middle of a project where she is uh, trying to ask mathematicians, other people who you do use math in their career or who just love mathematics, why they decided to do mathematics. So why math? And so I figured one thing that we should do is I should get some people together and we should ask this question of ourselves. I mean, I I personally feel it's a very interesting question. And since it's at least mildly topical, I figured that we should talk about it. So, Sean, why math? Uh, Because it's a liberal art that doesn't close any doors. Oh. No, no, no. Explain yourself. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I I think I understand, but I don't think that Um, everyone does. I'm one of those people that always kind of puts off that long and hard decision of what I want to do with my life. And then, uh, so, yeah, I meandered in college for a year or two and then joined the military because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to stay there. So I got out, went back to college. Then as well took math classes all the way through the military. I had failed algebra one like three times when I was 16, 17, because I was lazy. And then I decided to take it over again. And by the time I was out of the military, I was through Calc 3. And I was like, well, I could just keep doing this. (laughs) So you just sort of, (laughs) you ended up just kind of sort of falling into it. Yeah, they just kind of kept going. And then when I graduated from college, I'm like, well, I have to make a decision now. Or I could go to grad school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 I understand that. I was talking to uh, my buddy James Grime, uh, who is, uh, does a series of mathematical kind of like puzzle videos on YouTube uh, under the name Singing Banana, also a former guest of this podcast hmm. when I did my live recording in, at uh, Maths Jam. And it, one thing he said is that uh, it, one reason he chose mathematics is because he's incredibly lazy. And mathematics is the perfect class or perfect set of classes for a lazy student. And, and I completely agree with this because there's not outside reading. If you actually just come to class every day, and this is not necessarily true in grad school anymore, but this is definitely true for an undergrad degree in mathematics. If you just kind of go to class every single day, sit there during the lecture, do the problems that they're doing on the board and do some, not even necessarily all, but do some of your homework, you will do fine. Yeah. 
And you half the time you don't even need the book except to get the problems out of because you get everything you need in lecture. I don't think I wrote a paper for two and a half years. I think my senior thesis was the first paper I had to write since yeah. my sophomore year. And, and so when you're, it, it is kind of a, a place for, I mean, you do have to have some skill in mathematics. Math is not easy. Sure it is. But it is for us. Math is not easy for everyone. I mean, it's not even easy for some people who are mathematicians. It's just, I, I happen to personally find it easy, but I know other people who have, who studied math with me at undergrad who found it incredibly hard. All of it. Like they really, really had to work. I agree. I've seen that. Yeah. But it's still, they were still able to be lazy in a way because you're not doing all of this extra work. And, and for me, that's some of it. Uh, Brandon, what about you? I'll, I'll get into my story well, I, of why I, like, I chose math. I do agree with the laziness factor because I've never been lazier than ever before. Yeah. Now that it's only math class for me, it's just like, if you show up and you pay attention, you, you usually get the concepts. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't require too much. And, um, but for me, getting into it originally, um, <clears throat> it's not quite the same along the same lines as Sean here, but when I was in, like at first I thought I wanted to be in the, well, I always kind of had a feeling for sciences. And at first I thought I wanted to get into the physics. And I realized that I don't know. I knew how wrong I was. That was a whole. That I'm so glad I knew. I didn't know any better until I got older. That you know nobody really wants to be in physics, but but I it was at a, I went into college undeclared, so I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Yeah. And so it just happened that um, I got tired of being all through high school and stuff. They held me back. They wouldn't let me go into the honors mathematics courses like I wanted to. And so I it just ticked me off. And eventually I um. I wanted to get into Calc 2 and start in Calc 2 in college instead of starting Calc 1. So, I, so what I, I did... I started in college algebra. It's okay. We didn't... <laughs> say, where I went to college, we didn't have any... We didn't even have... We didn't have anything didn't have below... have anything below Calc. Yeah, we didn't have anything. And it, so it's like you had to start there or, you, you know... And I didn't want to start there. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to actually, you know, study this and I'm going to take the test and pass out of it. And I did. I still to this day do not have credit for Calc 1. And I use that. I use that as a, uh, you know, if I ever need, a, you know, a buffer class that I can just like throw away, I can just go take Calc one. <laughs> technically, I haven't oh taken God. it, right? So technically, I could get. In, I actually, my senior year of college, I actually got into ca- a concepts of calculus course <laughs> because I'd never taken it because the only th- the only thing that it said was you couldn't have taken Calc one. I'm like, well, <laughs> my advisors were like, why are you doing this? I'm like, because I can. <laughs> and I dropped it though because I took something else, but. Yeah. It, it wasn't until then I started doing that stuff and I tested into Calc 2 that I was just, like I started, I realized that it wasn't the physics that I liked in physics, it was the math, it was the logic, which I mean, it's kind of contradictory, but it was that, it's the logic, it's just the deduction, all that kind of stuff that just, it's very structured, you know, you either get right or wrong, you, you don't, there's not too much ambiguity going on there. So, you know, you know when you're right, you know when you're wrong most of the time. It's not until later stuff when you really start dealing with the nasty things where, you know, incompleteness and stuff Different like that. Different types of infinities. Yeah, and yeah but it was, it was just really cool getting the structure. It's very logical. It's very rational, which definitely appeals to me. Like, I always thought of myself as a very rational person. If this, if, given this, this must happen. And so I really find that, and as well as there's a kind of beauty to it. And I still tell people, you know, it's, a, it's closer to an art. And so I, I, re- I appreciate that beauty and just see, you know, learning more about it is what drives me. Yeah. So I, the reason I ended up in mathematics, I, after I, gra- I graduated high school a year early, I graduated at 16. And then I proceeded to do fuck all for two years. 
Literally, like I worked at my father's fruit tent, and that was it. Tent. I I did not. I like I it's didn't a work. Wisconsin thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fruit tents. Fruit tents. Yeah. We had the. We I, had I don't think it's a Wisconsin thing. I think it's a. We didn't have tents in Pennsylvania. It just they just only sold out like the backs of trucks. No, we didn't. We had stands. Like they would. They actually built like stands. Okay. And well, it, the, ours ours. It, it, we can't keep stands during the winter because it's there's true. too much I mean, snow. Yeah. And yeah. And so we put up and we had it. It was a good, it was like a 30 by 60 foot tent. Like, tent. Yeah. This, this was enormous. It like, actually doubled as a circus tent. <laughs> uh, actually it, it very well, it was red and white. Uh, it's, Oh yeah. Sam is a carny. <laughs> uh, carny would be carnival. Clown would be circus. You're still a clown and a carny, <laughs> no matter what you say. Uh, and so, so I was doing that. Like I wasn't doing anything during the winter. I was doing a, I was doing a lot of reading. Uh, I was just kind of sitting around, uh, just having fun. And then I went, I went to this uh, thing in Gillett, Wisconsin, which is my father's hometown. And he was giving a talk on how to uh, sell fruit. Actually, it was literally a how to sell fruit if you're a small local farmer. Talk because I mean, that's what my father does. And I, I went with him just because I wait. Your father attended this talk, or he gave, he gave it? it. Oh, okay. So it's like the, it's like the conferences of the farming. World. Yes, but it was it was a it was a local chamber chamber of commerce thing. Okay. And they it, since he was from Gillette, someone at the chamber he used knew to be him. a teacher. Yeah, he did. We, we had this episode. He yeah yeah you know, yeah yeah. There's an episode that literally is just an interview with my dad. Uh, and go back and listen to it. My dad's fascinated. Chops down the trees of ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a different episode, uh, <laughs> but awesome nonetheless. And and so he was he was just standing up there talking, and I found uh, and after he was done talking, there's a bunch more people at the Chamber of Commerce meeting that were going to talk, and it was insanely boring. And there's nothing <laughs> that I was the least bit interested in. And so I flipped over the little thing I had like uh, sausage and cheese and crackers on earlier. And I started like writing down problems and finding their derivatives and integrals. Uh, and this was just something I decided to do. I don't even like calculus anymore, but this was just something to pass my time at that I point. Think we've all been there at one point. And that was the, the moment that I knew, hey, I'm going to go study mathematics when I, when I start up school again. Then I, I, went to a, I went to a community college first. I'd been out of school for long enough. How did you start in college algebra if you were doing derivatives and integrals on the back if of you would have just tray. if you just would have uh let me finish my story oh, okay <laughs> i saw that i saw that they didn't quite match yeah. right yeah but. i i went to a community college oh. <laughs> they don't even for, have calculus for a year no they did not okay. i took the highest math class they did uh, this was a breakout section of a community college so the community college was a couple hundred miles away but oh. the small town that I was on that was right across the border in Michigan had like a small satellite campus and they did not offer calculus there. I had to work at the time I was taking that class. So I wasn't going to travel, you know, to the other place to take the actual calculus class. So I just took a college algebra class there. To be honest, you don't need to take calc. You can just learn it. <laughs> you know, well, I then took calc one when I went to university of Wisconsin, green Bay the next year. I just, I wanted a year to get back into doing school again. After a couple of years of doing nothing and waking up at 4 p.m. I hate that. I did that once and I was so ticked. 
Oh, no. You, I did that for two years straight. I would be pulling my hair out because I felt like the whole day is done and I've lost everything. Are, are you kidding me? I just went out and hung out with my friends for the next 12 hours. I, went, I just didn't go. I would. I don't like staying up that late. I, st- I like to go to... You well, know, well just see, I, everything up I quite enjoyed it and most of my friends were on a similar schedule to me. So it was in no way a bother. Yeah, I think I think at that age I probably would have been fine with it, but nowadays I just like I oh yeah, up I, I don't do I'm it like, now. Oh my I, gosh, what's I go wrong to I go to bed at eleven, get up at seven. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I, and, and so then I then I went out and I did fine. I found it interesting and enjoyable, and I went to grad school, and now I love mathematics and hate learning about it. Mm. Uh, I love reading about it. I love the history. I kind of like doing it. Uh, but it, math doesn't hold the same story. I, I think it's just kind of like I stumbled into it, kind of like you said you did. Like I was just good at it. I kept on doing it because it was interesting. But after a while, I got a little bit burnt out. To be the, honest, I can't even imagine what else I would do besides math. I don't find anything else even the slightest bit interesting. Most I, of the time. I like math adjacent things more yeah. than math these days, like information sciences and well, informatics. Because now we're getting to the point like where that. we we need, like you almost have to you know specialize in something else too. Because yeah. you're getting to that point where, well, the pure stuff is kind of getting the pure stuff is it's, too much. It's, yeah, it really it's is getting too complicated, too abstract. And now it's time to don't be nod your head, Mister Applied Mathematics. Guy. No, I'm agreeing. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, yep. it just seems like it doesn't hold the same. Uh, it doesn't hold the same, you know, draw anymore. And that's just because we're getting so high into it. The yeah, math. it's like I like the pureness. I really like the abstractness when I was an undergrad and. It wasn't to the point where I had to think about the abstraction for five weeks straight in order to possibly understand the base principles of it. And so Before I knew set theory. Now set I think, theory completely screwed me up. Now I'm thinking that at this time, once you get high enough, you sort of you sort of find one thing, one specific thing that makes that you're really attracted to in that. But in math, see, that's, in that's like that. what and I you don't specialize like. into it. See, that's what I don't like. I don't like the specialization. I'm yeah. not. I'm not a depth person i'm a breadth person yeah i prefer that yeah and myself. so i like i like to do a lot of things i don't like the idea especially for like a math phd in pure mathematics you're I, I would spend the next few years of my life doing nothing but looking at some single abstract problem that no one else has that managed falls, to and solve that makes, oh that does is like it's a jack of all trades essentially well all no the fields you're like you're, but you're not really a specialized in any of them well well no 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 i'm saying i'm saying that if i if i were to go on for a math phd in pure mathematics mm-hmm. you can't be a jack of all trades no you have to specialize yeah. something and the, and that's and that's boring to me i i can't i can't deal with with looking at the same thing but it, we're spinning off a little bit off topic here which is why mathematics so uh, sean what about like anything as like a child or something like that 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 really kind of strikes you that kind of like pushed you down maybe the scientific or the math like where were you did you love puzzles i'm Pretty sure that this is true about Brandon. Brandon and I were both Lego fanatics. Oh, to I be honest, I still play with Legos. Oh, yeah, they're so amazing. I've played with a lot of Legos. One thing I kind of remembered is I, I think I was four years old. My mother was pregnant with my little brother. And my mother and the next door neighbor, her name was Deborah. I don't know how I remember that. They were <laughs> assembling the changing table and they couldn't figure out why they couldn't tied the screws down right the four there are these four like wing nuts he had to tie down they wouldn't go on and i looked at the directions and saw that they had put these like three different boards on in the wrong order and I, i'm four <laughs> i point this out and my mom i'm like mom you did this wrong and she's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so you're an early pattern recognition expert yeah i you know they probably i remember them looking like ikea directions so oh if gosh. any who if any of you have ever assembled an ikea bookshelf <laughs> Yeah, I was four and had 
figured out that my mom couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one thing. One thing as a kid, uh, my father was a former math teacher, and one thing he would do is like he taught me my addition and multiplication really early. And I was doing two digit by two digit multiplication in kindergarten, which is a few years before you actually typically learn that. I, th- I think that that was one thing. Like that's one thing I think that pushed me to always be kind of good at math was that I was doing it from a <laughs> From a very young age. But when I look at the kind of math that I do for research now, I think Legos have a lot more to do with why I decided to go down this path than multiplication does. My dad, I would, um, when I was younger, my dad, he started me, he started teaching me algebra way, way, way ahead of time, like third grade. Yeah. And I actually went, I went to, I went to, this is weird. I went to a seminar at Carnegie Mellon because I'm I'm from Pennsylvania. So it's like, you know, right down. Did you attend Andrew's Leap? The... Awesome Pittsburgh-based summer camp for math and computation. No, no, no. This was this. I was in third grade. No, well, no, no. This. I mean, well, yeah. This would be later on. But this is. It was, uh, this is through Carnegie Mellon. And anyone's listening in the Pittsburgh area, if you're uh, around high school age or you know someone who is, tell tell them about this. It's uh, done by Stephen Rudish, who you can hear. You can hear more about this in part two of my interview with him on strongly connected components because he's the guy who runs it. But it, it's this really cool thing where it's Carnegie Mellon and they have lectures every day from Carnegie Mellon scientists. Carnegie Mellon is a really cool place. Just And they do a lot of these like s- programs in the summer and stuff. But it was it was called C-Mites, uh, Carnegie Mellon Institute for Talented Elementary Students. Oh, okay. So that was, the, that was the whole thing behind it. And I went to I took, I went there and had an algebra seminar. It's, a, it, it's the closest thing you could think of it to a seminar. And also, yeah. also went on polymers. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> where we made our own. Where we made our own. You guys remember? Uh, you guys remember GAC? Oh, like, oh yeah. yeah. We made our own GAC there. Awesome. We buy wow. from scratch using cornstarch and all that other kind of stuff. So it was really cool. Yeah, I think I did this that polymer. once. Too. Like my mom would always have me do weird like. So it's not just it's not just math. They had all kinds of they had the sciences, and mathematics. It was really cool, and they and they, it was very down to earth talking about algebra and intuitiveness. And so I think that early that early on stuff definitely helped boost. I think we can teach algebra a bit earlier. I think that more people might like mathematics because uh, that it's it, intuitive. It's it, very it intuitive. Well, uh, the basic tell, stuff. Tell that tell <laughs> that to <laughs> some of those people who couldn't figure out that problem today. Uh, by the way, anyone who oh, wants to send yeah. uh, here, I have a I have a puzzler for everyone. A math puzzle for you to try to do. You're gonna love this one. Uh, find x if four to the x minus two to the x minus twelve equals zero. What's funny is one of the one of the guys who was up there. He's, he still kept he's like, "Oh, the answer is the natural logarithm of negative three. Okay, and we're so like, everyone? "Okay, first of all, it's not defined there on the principal branch. That's the first thing. Oh, it's yeah. not, negative so, numbers are not defined. So for everyone, logarithms. the answer is not natural log mm-hmm. of negative three. That's your hint. Just saying. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, it doesn't they didn't say it had to be in the reals? I'm like, even in the complex, it's not unless you defined, switch your branches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. even then, once you switch that, your answer is going to be totally skewed." Okay, so now that we went off on that tangent that none of you understood except for you, complex analysis person. Who took? Did you take complex with us? Uh, I didn't take the second semester. I didn't get. But the you branches. took the first one. You took the first one with us. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't think we ended up talking yeah, about we branches. Did. Yeah, we did. We talked oh, the natural logarithm. I I come because we got up to the residue theorem, so we know that that's way before the residue theorem because you had to use the yeah. branches for well, the residue theorem. Well, all I know is that I did not pay much attention, and I think that that well, was to be honest. No, that did? I'm pretty sure that was the week I was gone somewhere because remember I tend to bail out and uh, go places. Because yeah, that's true. That's true. You did disappear for a while. Yeah, I can't. I can't even remember. But I had something really like I had to go do as a conference or something. It was like, like in that. England, wasn't it? Wasn't that you, you went to England that time too? 
No, 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 no. No, that I don't was think the most recent one. Yeah. I, I, maybe that was the time I had to go to Florida. I don't know. I had to go do something, and I totally missed the residue theorem and the branches part, which is not a good part of a complex analysis class. That's residue not theorem is like the well culmination to, of, of yeah. complex one. Like uh, it, yeah. Yeah. So more about why math? Like, it, why are you sticking with it now? Why still? Why am I still in it? Why didn't I just like go into get a job after college? Why graduate school? Yeah. Well, one job jobs suck. <laughs> First of all, two, I like math. I love math. And, well, I just think, you know, I just really want people to call me doctor. There's that. I'm a little bit of Yeah, I really name. want that. I, I, really, I, I really want that. I kind so. of prefer master, though. Yeah, master but no one calls you master. more badass. Master Hansen? Yeah. Massa Hansen? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah. But I was already on a B-line train there. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Not but, an A-line train. I'm not that bad of a person. <laughs> But wow. it was, it's more like, <laughs> just wow. <laughs> I don't know. I just figured, you know, there's, I'm much, I don't feel like I learned it in undergraduate. You kind of like learn like a little bit of everything, but you don't really learn a lot of anything. And uh, so I felt like I wanted, I wanted to learn more. I, I really loved algebra and uh, you know, now that they've been taking it for two years, like <laughs> it's a lot of algebra and you know, I still, still interested in more and it's just really, it, I, I just wanted to learn more things. And it's a lot easier to do that. You know, when you have when they have a curriculum set up as opposed to going out and searching the stuff. Yeah. Now, one thing you mentioned uh, early, man, I'm going into full interview mode here uh, was uh, the beauty of mathematics. And that's something that both of us will agree on. I want to ask Sean, because Sean, you study applied mathematics, Mm. which is different than pure. And I I get the feeling from having taken an applied mathematics course or two along the line, that this kind of obsession that pure mathematicians have with structure and beauty is not necessarily as prevalent. No, I think it's the other way around. Like you see beauty in other things and then you try to find the math in it. Like that's kind of Okay, instead of seeing instead of seeing the beauty in just the math. Right. Which is what pure mathematicians are obsessive about. Yeah, I never have been. Like I I I wrote a so not, not like when you see like a structure of a of a really wonderful finite group, you're not like, oh wow, look at that, that's great. Well, they're all there's only so many of them. Topological. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how about like a really wonderful topological transformation or a, a a domain shift in complex analysis? We go from like the half plane to the circle. And that still well, intrigues me. Just well, the no, fact like, the remote mapping theorem. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, cool. I like that stuff. I mean, I had a lot of fun doing like a fine transformations and stuff like that, and but. I, I just always had more fun visualizing stuff. Like if I could, like I wrote a program that animates, uh, it was a 2D Navier-Stokes model with a, with a time step that you could, it, it just kind of like, you know, you put coffee creamer in your coffee, you watch it spiral. Yeah. So Eddie, watching Eddie's form, that, that kind of stuff I always just like. I like seeing mathematics imitate life and then vice versa. So you versa. like to model. Yeah. 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 I, I, so, I mean, what keeps you in it I, I'm, I'm really intrigued because i'm just a month or so from getting the uh, fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> it's you know like it employability kind of a big deal because uh 
<laughs> okay, yeah, and it, mathematician is ranked as the second best uh, job in the country right now. Yeah, until you put your resume out there. <laughs> well, no one is. I mean, the even as long as you're willing to work in private in private industry, mathematician is still one of the more oh, employable. Because yeah. what, what, as we all know, nobody really wants to do the math in in almost every facet. Well, of one one thing economy. that's that's true about a lot of uh, engineering places, uh, all the different types of engineering is the one. A group of people uh, who actually speak the language or speak ev- everyone's language, speak the language of the chemist, speak the language of the biologist, of the software engineer, of the physicist. The only person who speaks all of their languages, the languages is the mathematician because we're the only one that speaks the pure, unadulterated form of the language that links all of them together. Because mathematics, we have to admit, is the language that links all of the sciences together. At a and basic math- level. Yeah, yeah. At, at a very basic level. So a mathematician is the one person who can really go in Look at all of the work, and be like, "Hey, so I mean, at the you very least, we can be decent. Like, we can be the de- we can be the bridges between the gaps at various places." I think. You know, while we're tooting our own horns, that's uh, what this I thing think- is all about. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not really sure. I think that to be truly employable, you have to specialize in something that's really pragmatic and useful. Like, no, I think that a pure well, mathematician, Nathan got okay, a Na- job. Yeah, Nathan yeah. got a really good job doing nothing what he's ever done before. Because Nathan knew a guy that got him a job. Yeah, but that's how everyone gets that's just jobs. How, Absolutely. That's just how the jo- the, yeah. everything is. That, but, that's but unchangeable. He, but because he had a math degree, well, yeah, they, they be, knew that they could teach him to do this very applied area of mathematics. Exactly. They, we you, know that Nathan is not an applied mathematician. Yeah, it's true. You, Maybe I mean I think that anyone that that does math or any kind of computational thing, someone that has the aptitude to learn, I think that there is a wide array. Math math is not alone in that. that no, but it's it's considered to be like if if some if it's, I mean there's there's the old aphorism: if you can teach someone math, you can teach them. Or if someone can learn math, they can learn anything. Sure, um, but a lot of people can learn math. Yeah, but I mean, it's, but it's, truly learn it. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, kids. this is just the general idea. Yeah. And this is an idea that it that is actually shared by people, in that if it, <laughs> not by chairs, or. <laughs> but I mean, like when you when you think of math, when you think of math people, what's the what what's what's always the reaction you get when you say, oh, "I'm a math major." Oh God! You get like I you're like, oh my math. gosh, yeah. You you hear that? That's always the first thing you hear. I was never I any good at math. I didn't like math. And so if you... Which step- is why this question, why math, is so But intriguing. you never you never hear people say, oh, I suck, like, oh, I'm a physicist. You're like, oh, I sucked at, fi- I suck at physics. And it's like, you never hear that. There's I've a, never heard no, that. No, no or one I will, suck at biology. Or no, what, no, no, no. You want to go, you want to go any, you want to go even farther deep than that? You will never, ever hear anyone say, oh, I can't read. That's true. <laughs> but you will have people come up to you and tell you very proud of themselves. Oh, I can't do math. And yeah. that alone right there. I mean, those analytical, not, it's not so much <laughs> the math that we learn, but more the skills that we develop from And then people math. are egotistical about grammar. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there versus there versus there. Well, to be that. honest, that is, that is something you should know yeah, by now. Yeah, come on. I well, mean, someone, if you don't know the difference between theirs and the twos. There are ways and that the weathers, I mean. they're <laughs> very right about oh. using the correct there for that. <laughs> oh, my. Jesus. I'm pretty sure I used all three of them in that sentence. Well, one of them was variable, so you could just yeah, it. Yeah, the, yeah. The last, last, the last one was just the way to get that EIR I'm in there. I'm kind of of the opinion of that... Um, there's a, there's a theory in physics that basically says that like uh, the Earth is not the center of the universe. The Earth is not special in any yeah, way. Yeah, we're not. So no, what I say is like uh, I think if most people 
like they, when they look at like like I do sometimes I do a lot of my homework at a bar. But you know, it, it's just I don't know. It's a place it's I a like to chill place. out. So I, I'm sitting there, and someone will look, glance over in my book, and they'll get this grimace on their face. And then, real good, this really isn't that complicated. And if they gave me 20 minutes, I could probably explain it. To yeah. Them. But the the thing is, I think that like if most people understood the symbols, and most people understood how simple most of the ideas actually were, they would hang us all from the highest rafters <laughs> for being <laughs> such dicks about yeah, it. Yeah, being dicks about it because you're like, see, <laughs> but the thing but is, no, I don't. I don't try. All I don't the time. think. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to... I mean, admittedly, I can do my research because my research is something I could explain to a kindergartner. <coughs> uh, that's because it's it's trivial. It's graph theory. Uh, but I, I don't think some of the things that you do, definitely not the topology crap that he I mean, plays around with. Anytime I'm These in a group of people. These are abstract, analytic sure. ideas. And a lot of people's minds... Uh, I mean, it's it's not something you could do in 20 minutes. I believe, I believe that they're perfectly capable if they would have decided like we did to do mathematics that they could have done it. Yeah. But they decided not to do mathematics or they decided to do something else. It's not necessarily the negative. It's the positive. They decided to do something. And it, and that's why it comes down to this question. It's, it's identifying the people like us that are in the population that would be willing to make that decision if prompted in a way that yeah. engages their interests. So there's, and that's why I think the question why math is so important because if we can figure out why people decide to do math, we might be able to convince more people to do it by giving them similar experiences. Because hmm. a lot of people look at math and mathematicians, like I know people that think it's like some mystical they, art. They, it's ridi- it's ridiculous. Well, Einstein wasn't brilliant What? What? because he... He worked harder. Because he, he was publishing 30 papers like a year. Yeah. That's unheard of. No one publishes 30 papers. Euler. Okay, <laughs> Euler, but I'm saying... <laughs> I, that's why that's why Einstein <laughs> yeah but how many people you just ask on the street will go outside in the courtyard oh, have yeah. you heard of Euler have you heard of Erdos they've heard of Einstein yeah that's true I, it's because the dude worked unbelievably hard oh yeah he did like, and and there's I mean it is I'm not making an argument against that yeah. Einstein Einstein also no, I, a genius I'm, I'm an incredibly you. hardworking yeah, what, what's it, what that, was like, the phrase Oh, nice going. Good job, Einstein. They always, whenever they want to refer to someone who yeah. making really something but wise or smart. I'm trying to help your point in that, like, it's not that he sat around in his office and twirled, you oh, know, no, his but, facial hair. But the <laughs> math, the mathematics profession is j- just as at fault as everyone else is for this mathematicians are wizards concept it's good for the job security uh yeah <laughs> it's, good, it's good it's good for the job security it, it also Funding. it also gives off it's it's because we wrap mathematics up in a bunch of layers that don't need to exist what well, i don't we think try that- to make it more complicated than it actually is because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Oh no! Sometimes I think the the layers of complication come in when people need to communicate and they're tired of hearing the same story over and over again. You know, like you if you do if you work in a certain area in topology or stuff, you're going to invent, you're going to end up inventing shorthand, or you're going to invent like no, yeah, but like no, but like, why not? Why not go back and find a similar concept in another area that has already been delved into and use that word because 
All you're doing is you're creating your own little subsection of math that's not going to talk to any of the other subsections of math. We've splintered nope. completely, and it's, it's not helpful doing it this way. And it's not helpful in our public perception, because as long as we use these ridiculous concepts, refuse to really explain any of them to anyone... Like go read the paper. Well, no, you papers are they're lateral communications. They're communications so they say, well, to peers. If yeah, we, but we make no effort to try to communicate why that, mathematics. I agree. We don't make any effort to communicate why this is interesting to anyone. If we told people why it's interesting, well, why see, here, we actually need to do it, more people would be like, yes, mathematics. Well, now here's the here's the thing I say because I I want to I want to contradict you there in saying that. It's not so much that we're not trying. I, I know that, now listen to me here, I personally do. I personally go out and almost any time I'm in a group of people that, you know, I'm meeting for the first time and they find out I'm a math major, they ask me, well, what, what, what's all that about? And I, and I talk to them, I tell them what I see in mathematics and why it appeals to me. Yeah. And then I explain these concepts that are big concepts. I'm talking about like topological concepts. And I bring it, break it down to like, more things that they can think of physically. Yeah. Like you know, the donut in the coffee cup thing. You're a guy who's willing to come on a math podcast and talk about math to a wide audience. <laughs> Clearly, all three of us are people who are perfectly willing to communicate mathematics. That's true. Yeah, that's, that, that's true. And that's, it, but yeah, I see what you mean. The people who are super specialized, they're, they don't, they're not willing to, to actually they, bring it down. I was, I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking about, but they were, it, was, it was one of the interviews on Strongly Connected Components. And we were talking about communicating mathematics, which I talk to a lot of mathematical communicators on the show just because I think that's very, one, they're more interesting than a lot of mathematicians are because they're good at communicating. And so I like interviewing them because they're good at communicating, which is something you want for an interview. But they, one person was talking about, you should have different stories for your research, for the area of mathematics that you have. You should not only have one story. Right. Because that one story you have is going to be the other thing you tell the other person who is in the exact same specialization as you. Like if I was talking about my research to someone else who does graph theory, I could communicate the entirety of my research in about a minute. And they, they, would, they would get it. They might not know right. all the theorems, but they would get it. So the idea is you need multiple stories. You need the story that you can tell the other person who does mathematics but is not in your hyper, hyper specialized area. You need the story to be able to tell people who do sciences. Because what happens if someone might be able to apply what you're doing? Yeah. And then you also need the story for the person you sit next to on the bus. Hmm. And I feel that that story is, is very rare for people to have just in general. That's not the story that anyone that, that most people in, in the ivory tower that is academia tend to have. I, I didn't really develop that for, that for my research until a couple of months ago. I mean, and, and I'm, Actively trying to communicate mathematics to people. I find a lot that Ivory Tower is a very good example because I find a lot of the time you get a lot of these people who are doing research are very aloof. They're not very, you know. They want to talk to other people in their specialization. And that's it. The reason they did mathematics is because they're really good at it and that's what they want to do. And that, that's all they want to do. They don't, they don't really see the need or the usefulness of the communication side. And I don't like that. I, one, I think one reason I got into mathematics is because no one was telling its story. Now, th this sounds incredibly weird, but I've, I, like, I mean, I, I did a humanities minor when I was an undergrad. Creative writing? I, I, di I did a decent amount of creative writing. I won writing awards for fiction while I was at my undergrad university. Uh, 
it's it just an ex- example. Don't don't look at me like I'm a smug, pompous <laughs> asshole. Well, I know I am. This but is the perfect time for my yeah, bumptious word, which I found is on the dictionary.com word of the day today. Bumptious. And it was, oh, how did they put it? Crudely. Crudely self-assured? Uh, crudely, presumptuously, or noisily self-assertive. And Sam and I both agree this describes him perfectly. Yeah, that's me. And But that was one of the times I was not actually bragging. It was ju- I was just giving an example that I was doing other things. Um, and that I was good at them. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, my point's not going to work. Uh, and so, I, especially early on, I tried finding people telling the story of mathematics. And I found some people. There's Marcus de Sotoy. There's Keith Devlin. There's people writing some books. But there's no one who's really it, that I found was really trying to do it every single day. Like, that was their goal of that day. Every single day of their life was to tell the story of mathematics and why it's interesting, why people should do it. And I think that that's one of the reasons I really got dragged into it because I love telling the story and this was something that no one was telling the story of yet. And so like, I, I would love to be that person. I doubt that I'm actually good enough to be that person. I doubt I have the drive to actually do it. But I feel, I mean, maybe it should be me and a bunch of other people doing it. And I, I feel that there are more people co- trying to communicate math now than there used to be. But it, it's really... I. I feel that it, there's a lot of people who don't go into it with any assumption that they ever need to communicate with anyone outside of mathematics. They want to have their peer group. They want that peer group to be the only people who really understand it. I, I wonder if playing too many games of Dungeons and Dragons I in really, a basement with only a small group of people. I really have like a hard time believing that like the, that a lot of people that do math research really only want their neighbors to understand. Well, I don't, I don't think neighbors. I think that they want everyone in their area. Or everyone in math, even, or in sciences, but I doubt that they... You don't see them branching out. And I think that's I, because they're... One, that might be because they don't think that the other, that normal people could understand these concepts. One, it's highly specialized, so I see that. Yeah, I, I can understand that. But that, that you don't point. see any effort whatsoever to try and yeah, I, I don't break it down. I don't even... It, I'd, I feel... Well, I've, I've definitely gotten this feeling. I've gotten this feeling from myself from time to time that people who are not studying mathematics are lesser. I've never had that opinion. <laughs> well, but I, I've I've had that opinion very rarely, and I don't have it anymore. Uh, There's something it was more of an undergrad opinion, uh, but I've definitely gotten that feeling from professors. I had there was a story I heard it was on NPR actually. There was a uh, there was a kind of a just this gaggle, this group of uh, deaf mutes somewhere in Mexico. Is that the corrective and the collective plural? I don't know what uh, deaf mute. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's that's right. And it was on uh, Radio Lab and I believe it was Guatemala, but yeah, yeah, it was incredible, but they didn't they didn't have verbal language. They didn't have a whole lot of words. They could communicate basic things, but they couldn't communicate uh, really. They could, there's no way you could form a sentence. But once they broke one person out and they started teaching this one person language, once he had words and ways to communicate stuff, his brain just turned on. Yeah. And he, he barely remembers before he had language. And I think it's like a lot of people don't know the once if you don't know how to think about something, if you don't know the words, if you haven't been properly yeah. built up and defined, there's no way someone can understand it. There's just, it's the like the the framework isn't there. You oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. But I view that it, it's it's not. It's not on them. It's on yeah. the mathematician to break it down into words that they can understand. It's not on the because average had, person to, to learn the words. Somehow. What's I'm saying? It's it's not that people that 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 people are uh, innately, I guess, inf- like 
other people are inferior in any way. They don't know it's the concept like, of language. Like what saying, is it? Like if they don't have the language, there's no way. I mean, so they can't so understand in, it if in they don't your have analogy, the who doesn't have the language? The everyday person or the mathematician? The everyday person doesn't have right. the language. Yeah, well, then it's imperative that the mathematician give come them and the give language. them the language. No, not give them the language. Break it down into language that they already know. But if they don't know language. Well, yeah, but you have to break no, it down. No, 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 no. We're, we're assuming the everyday person is at least mildly literate. Yeah. Well, not not language that I'm talking about mathematical language. I'm like cuz well, most people are you not can, you mathematically defi- literate. I mean, well, just, yeah, then you break yeah. it down into metaphor. You don't the everyday person that story, that story does not have to you don't have to go up to them and you're talking about the Goldbach conjecture. You don't well actually Goldbach conjecture <laughs> That's is a very, is a good very one. bad example because <laughs> it's very easy to explain. Uh, you you're not going up to them and talking to them about the Riemann. You're not talking to them about ley lines. You're giving them the overview with metaphor and, yeah. and with things like that to explain to them why the problem might be interesting and the, and the final like point that you're trying to reach. And you're using sentences. You're not using mathematical structures to explain it to them. Which and are I, sentences. Well, <laughs> yeah. Originally. Yeah. Okay. You're using uh, figurative sentences, not mathematical sentences to to describe it to him and I, I think that's imperative on the mathematicians to do that not on the everyday person necessarily to uh, so what, do you, what do you propose i mean we, we've stated a problem what do you propose as a solution well, every, I, journal, I propose, I, every journal have a sub journal no where articles are translated down no, a level not, or not something at all like? what i propose is that greater base knowledge of mathematics uh, well, One, that would, well, yes, that would make the, the, uh, everybody. Yes, well, we, we need better education. Yes, pipe Wow. Beer. That, that yeah. I wow. think, is very We, we never well would have done. figured that one out. Boy, we got uh, a problem. Let's throw some money at it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, like they're throwing so much in education now, right? Uh, no, no. Oh, I'm that's right. They're cutting on, it. But I, I do feel that there should be uh, groups uh, who are actively trying to foster better mathematical communication. There, there are groups like this in England. The MAA does some work. The AMS does very little uh, who actively try to like training days where math professors go to these days and they learn new methods of communication, uh, you know, from people who are really good at it. Like people who are, who are, you know, at the professors, you know, professors are that great at math. These people are that great at communicating math. Hmm. And there are people out there who are fantastic at it, really good at communicating mathematics. And so you, you take, you know, you give them training days. You, uh, you, you try to spend more time. You try to make them to create ways of doing it. You just have them talk to people who are not their colleagues more often. I, I think that there should be, a, I mean, and this is not something that every mathematician has to do. I just think that if more of them did it, we, we would be better off. And I think more people would hear the question, why math, and have an answer for it instead of no math. <laughs> uh, is if you ask the normal person like oh why'd you say math i never studied mathematics like i just i wouldn't do it and i i feel i feel that something like this would help i also think that there should be at uh, at a conference i that this idea just popped into my head and i think it's a i think it's actually a really fascinating idea i think that uh, at a conference if you're presenting a paper uh, and, and you're presenting it you know, a proper mathematical paper with all that that comes with, which is near incomprehensibility to anyone not in your area. <laughs> uh, you should also have the option to present at like maybe something that runs later on at night, which is a uh, version for people not in your area. 
Like I like why not just offer some session? You have the conference. You have the conference rooms. No one's using it later on at night anyway. You already have the right to use those rooms. Why not use them for uh, like people who have a second version that they give to undergrad, like one that's aimed at undergrad students, one one ones that are aimed at a general audience. So give them the chance to present it both ways. Hmm. I think that'd be interesting because when I go to a conference, I no longer go to talks because I can't understand them. I, I cannot walk into a Zonotopal algebra talk and have any idea what they're talking about. I still have no idea what that is. I, I don't, I don't know what that I is, interviewed and someone who studies years, that. And I have no idea what that is. Uh, it, it, well, th- this one's even weirder than the other one. This is weirder than Lee algebra. Abstract algebra four, and I still don't know. Yeah, it's Zonotopal algebras. And, and I, I feel that I would definitely love to go to talks that are aimed at like a third year undergrad math audience or a first I would prefer it even more if it's a first year try to take out as much as the presumptions of the knowledge of the people and then represent it right and, and I, I think that things with- like this like it doesn't have to happen everywhere it doesn't have to happen a huge amount but just enough of it so we start getting more people when there's a math story in the news they don't have to call up one of the two or three people or just that they have currently there's only like two or three people most people will call or uh I, we'll be able to present, we'll be able to write a press release and the news might actually cover it because there's someone who can talk about it in a clear way and get people excited about Remember the Poincaré conjecture? I mean, to be honest, how much did that show up in... You mean the Poincaré conjecture? <laughs> Poincaré. Poincaré? Yeah. I thought it was... Oh, oh, God, okay. <laughs> I was. See, there's a lot of words that I just kind of read on my own and then built my own There's an accent. There's a couple accents in there. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's... Henri Poincaré. Ah, I always read it as, I guess... Henry Poincaré? Poincaré, yeah. Poincaré <laughs> except, we, except we neglect that. It's French. Yeah, <laughs> very French. Very French. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't... Uh, like Fermat's last huge... theorem actually got a lot of media coverage. But once but again, saying, mostly in England, and that was also a problem that so many people had known and was also very easy to it's describe. It's very easy to understand, but I mean, like, this, like that alone, that's very, it's very, very... Heavy thing. It's a huge result. It's a millennium. It was a millennium problem. Yeah. And like for those for those who do know, I still don't really know know what that is. That you're we're talking about like these these things are so they were such open problems. They're so difficult. The people were trying to solve them for so long and they can't. And you know it's you know you get a million dollar prize if you solve it. Yeah. Or which you which you can then turn down because you do not agree with the mathematical establishment. As well as your field, as well as your fields medal that yeah. you also were offered, which is like the Nobel Prize of mathematics. Yeah, and and, and yeah, there there was not much coverage of this, and I, I feel that like all I want is more training. Like even if it doesn't do anything, it would never hurt to teach mathematicians how to talk more clearly. I would take that. I would take a training day if I was offered in a second. I find sometimes that when I'm trying to convey a concept, it's hard for me to convey a concept to students because. Like the problem is, how do I word it in a way they'll understand it? And that that is probably the biggest struggle I have in teaching, is how do you how do you what's another way I can say this? Because yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. Like I understand it, the concept of it. But how do you? Because sometimes not all concepts are straightforward. All my, my lectures are all stupid stories. Like, they really are. Like I, I have just nothing but dumb, dumb stories, and wave my hands around a lot and jump off of things and. It yeah, well, I mean, it, essentially all I'm saying is I'm incredibly jealous of the UK because they actually have conferences that are called How to Talk Maths in Public. Except for how, how are they funded, part. though? I'm curious. Uh, like, are these nonprofit organizations? I, I do not I do not honestly know who funded 
that one. But it, I mean, it was maybe it was through the Institute for Mathematics and its applications. Maybe it was through one of the others. But I mean, this is something like we would expect, like the MAA or the AMS, probably the MAA to to fund. It's yeah. it's the kind of thing that that they would be that would be good for them to do. And there are since there's already people who are talented at this in the UK, it wouldn't cost that much more to ship a couple of them over here. And they also are they already have Ivers Peterson and Keith Devlin at the MAA. They're both yeah. fantastic at it. John Allen Paulos would come down from Temple, I'm sure, too. Temple uh, University. Yep. Well, Let's get another PA one. Yeah, John Allen Paul's. And, and so it, this is what I hope. And we started at uh, why mathematics. We ended up in a debate. Why not everyone else mathematics? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, how? To, just how to get more people to answer yes to the question of math. Uh, and so uh, we're going to call that an episode for today. So for uh, Sean Breckling, Brandon mm-hmm. Metz, I'm... Uh, Samuel Hansen, and I hope that you listen to the next episode of Combinations and Permutations. Oh yeah, Leonard, uh, your taco bucks are in the mail. And your uh, picture in, of him in a being while. In a, <laughs> in a while. <laughs> you, you will get them though. Yeah. Uh, bye. So that is it for another episode of Combinations and Permutations. I hope that you very much enjoyed it, and I hope that you will. Listen to some more because you can find them over at acmescience.com. You can also find a blog post that kind of sort of explains what we talked about on today's podcast. You can also send me an email, samuel at acmescience.com. It's to leave me any feedback, uh, perhaps suggest a topic for this show or to uh, yell at us for doing something stupid. Any of them. Just send me an email. Music on today's podcast is from SP12. You can find them over at opsound.org. And this podcast, as always, is a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike licensed podcast. So please do something with this audio. Just give us credit. Okay. Once again, thanks for listening. I hope you come back for the next Combinations and Permutations. <laughs>